Everybody, this is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps, and I will be your host and game master, and I am joined by three stellar players. Zach Brass. Hello. Dom Brass. Hello. And Nate Brass. What's up, Internet? I thought you were going to do your usual spiel. Oh, hi, I'm Nate, and I play, uh, I'm playing Cypher today. Each season, we will be playing a different tabletop role-playing game. This season, we are playing Scum and Villainy, a Forged in the Dark game published by Evil Hat Productions. Guys, it is episode eight of the podcast. Eight, the number of players on a soccer field. No. Uh, that's if not... If you are... Uh, Correct, I know. 12, maybe? Like 12? Yeah, no, that's... Dude, no. Let me peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, We usually try to record this podcast every week. Sometimes we miss a week here and there, though we've been pretty good. Pretty good, I'd say, about doing it weekly. But uh, last week on our usual recording day, I had a work thing. You know how it is. Uh, And so we skipped it, which means if you're doing your math correctly, uh, it's been two weeks since we recorded. And what I would like to know, what I challenge my three players to tell me is uh, what have you guys accomplished with your lives in the past two weeks? Jesus Christ. Ooh, that's a good what one. Is this guy? Yeah, I know, right? What what an asshole. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't tell us what he accomplished with his life. Oh, He's just oh, like, so he, are you better now? Like, have you improved upon the shitty state that you were in in two <laughs> oh, weeks ago? I will, I will gladly tell you what I have accomplished in the past two weeks. In the past two weeks, I have finished two novels that I was reading. I played miniature golf and got a hole-in-one, and I won a free game of miniature golf by doing that thing at the end of the course where, like, you have to try and hit it in, like, a specific hole to win a prize. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the end of golf and golf? Nice. You got it in on that? Yeah, yeah. So I won a free game. Uh, that uh, I asked the guy if I had to use it then because I didn't want to play another round of golf (laughs) that day. Uh, And he said that it was good for life, good until the end of time. So I have just a uh, infinite potential. 20 years later, shows up. (laughs) A half-free mini-golf date in the future waiting for you. Save a little money. So that's what I've accomplished with my life in the past two weeks. That's incredible. I finally started back up uh, Psychonauts 2, and I beat that game. I I got like halfway through and just dropped it for real no good reason. It's a great game. Same, except I've never gone back to beat it. You should. I highly recommend it. I went back and I was like, I'm going to play this again. And it just gets better. It's really fun. You know, it it brought me playing. It brought me back to talking with Matt, our friend Matt, uh, about the uh, Breath of the Wild, because he's talking about like you, you don't like really advance any of your skills and like 
it gets kind of monotonous and like the puzzles in that game are just kind of a little thin and psychonauts you're just constantly switching out what your different abilities you have on hand is of like the four different ones you can use and like i found myself just constantly switching to be like oh this is good for this situation this this and then it was just really fun i just i i truly never finish video games anymore I feel the same way. And so I was getting really close to just being like, you know what? I'm just going to delete this from my Xbox. And I was like, you know what? Let me just give it another shot. <laughs> and then I I got through it. Well, that's that's great, Nate. I'm proud of you. And now it's deleted. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone forever. Never do this late again. In a lot of ways, you could have accomplished the same thing by just deleting it immediately. Zach, what have you accomplished in the past two weeks? Oh, what have I done? Uh, I mean, I uh, started taking a class two weeks ago, probably exactly. Nerd. So that counts. Mm, it sounds like you started taking it. Doesn't sound like you finished oh it. God. And I don't know nope. if that counts as an accomplishment. Yeah, but mini golf, guys. <laughs> Let me tell you about mini golf. Oh, yeah. I also started going to therapy. Oh, yeah. And you know what I also started doing in the past two weeks? Working out. And I've been pretty consistent about it. <laughs> I think every every day, the things you do to better yourself are accomplishments. You don't need to finish things <laughs> to accomplish. But have you finished working out? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> have you reached the I admit, end I admit, I did skip today, partially because of this. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't really have enough time. Oh, Zach, is is the podcast having a you know a tough time on your your health? Like, are you going to be able to keep doing this? No, you know what really is having a tough time on my health? Staying up with you on your birthday until one o'clock in the morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Zach has gained forty pounds since the start of this podcast eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, guys, it's actually crazy. It's all in the legs too, so it looks a little weird. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Dom, what have you accomplished with your life? I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited about this. Mm -hmm. I did some research. I'm gonna get a new phone, so. I did that, and uh, I finally put the big-ass table up in my room, so I'm going to set up the uh, office space here. Dom, I got to ask you a question. Why did you need a new phone? Because he never gets cases, and so no. he breaks okay. you his know phone what? in the you know first what? two weeks that's of owning not, it, and then not owns even. it for that's a while, even. and then just has a shitty phone. That's not... No, 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 but like specifically for this one, did you do something interesting? Is there a good story behind <laughs> this particular phone? There really isn't. I wanted to get the new phone because it was a little damaged. And I was like, well, I want to do recording on and stuff on this phone. So I'm going to get a new phone. But then um, I dropped it. And it, it, it was unusable. So I had to accelerate. The, they, uh, they make these things that make drops okay. No, that's not true. You should get one that's for the new phone. It's propaganda. Like a clumsy propaganda. person having their phone without a case is just it's propaganda. Why? It's arrogance. <laughs> you know you'll fail and you don't care. Hubris, Dom. Hubris. You are but Icarus flying to the <laughs> yeah. sun without your phone case. Those wax wings won't get you very far, my friend. <laughs> I was just hoping there might be a wood chipper involved. There was no wood chippers, Zach. This one wasn't fun. Not this time. Not this time, yeah. I've had way more fun phone breaks. This was not fun. What's the, what's the worst, most embarrassing way you've broken a phone, Dom? I'm assuming... 
there there's a truly awful one well one of my phones survived getting run over (laughs) the one that was probably just like because it wasn't a damaged phone or anything i was throwing stuff out in the apartment building i was living in at the time i was throwing it down the trash chute and (laughs) i had my phone plugged in to my headphones and so when the phone dropped and started dropping into the trash chute but it caught on the cable for just a second and it felt like slow motion as it caught on the cable came off and fell down the trash chute uh i tried to get it back i couldn't uh it was just gone so it was just it was it was surreal it was a surreal experience oh that's wonderful well, great. Sounds like we've all had, uh, you know, good weeks. Maybe, you know, maybe some better than others. No, no, saying anything. Okay. But calm like, down there, calm down how, there, Mister Hole in One. How, yeah, how many Hole in Ones did you guys get? <laughs> um, <laughs> are you guys ready to play some scum and villainy? Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm not really feeling it tonight. I was thinking we could play uh, Pathfinder instead. Yeah, sure. I was thinking kids on bikes. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, look, I don't know about kids on bikes today. Yeah, you guys are gonna trigger me. Alright, we're gonna play Scum and Villainy. That's what's happening. Let's go. Alright, alright, I think I can do that. <laughs> Crash Jordan is on the case. Welcome to the Procyon Sector! The race is on! Cypher versus their arch-rival Choss, and the trademarked title of Greatest Paladin of the Galaxy is on the line, not to mention a mother load of creds that Cypher has bet on themselves. With the crowds of Nightfall keeping their eyes on the race, that leaves Crash, Gorpheus, and new companion Bobby O of the Records to break into the subterranean hangar of the Echo Wave Riders to loot and pillage. With so much to gain and so much at risk, will our crew be able to emerge victorious, or does failure loom ahead in the future of the Phoenix 13? So, we are going to pick things up back at the start of this job, which is really two jobs in one. Cypher is racing against Choss in this crazy, convoluted, circuitous race through the streets and airways of Nightfall, this urban planet of just sprawling city with, like, thumping techno music and, you know, purple neon lights everywhere flashing that's you know, in near constant darkness because there's basically always an eclipse up in the sky. And while that is going on, Crash, Gorpheus, and Bobby O are heading to a place they know to be the underground bunker filled with valuable uh, vehicles and tech and who knows what else belonging to a faction of racers that's aligned with Choss called the Echo Wave Riders. We ended last week's episode uh, with the, I forgot what it's actually called, engagement role, thank you very much, to determine basically what level of danger 
this crew is in at the start of the race, and you guys are going to begin in a controlled position, which is great. So what I think that means is that Choss and Cypher are neck and neck for like the first quarter of this race, just, you know parallel with each other, maybe one inching it in front of the other occasionally, but side by side as you're going through the crowded, heavily trafficked streets of nightfall. You're bumping into each other, you're, you know, scraping against other vehicles on the road because you're going through the streets. This is a street race. You're right there with him, Cypher. You are, you are feeling good. You are in this race still. And while the crowd is gathered along the sides of the streets to watch, there are like news drones that are following and streaming this uh, to the space internet to watch. While all this is happening, while the city's full attention is on this race, Crash, Gorpheus, and Bobby O are descending down into the depths of the city into the underground bunker. You are, like, invisible, basically. You're... No one is paying attention to you. And so you're just able to confidently move on by until you get to what you see to be, like, a large reinforced door that is leading further underground. And you can see that there's, like, a control panel on the side that you might want to scan a key card or enter a code in to open it. And there is a single armed guard that you guys are able to clock as, like, private security that is standing nonchalantly outside, just kind of leaning against the wall, keeping an eye out, but, like, just barely, you know? And so I think I want to start with Crash and Gorpheus, As the race is going on, as you guys have this controlled position with this incredible distraction of the race, how do you want to approach this? Well, we should probably knock out the guard first. Don't you agree, Gorpheus? Yeah, Captain Crash, I I, I don't think that's a bad idea. But do you think we could knock him out in a way that was completely (laughs) non-violent? Well, I'll tell you what, let me try something. Crash shoots him. <laughs> oh, okay. So we need to be loaded up for this job. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, everyone has to declare your load. What load level does everybody want to use? Would it be ridiculous for me to have an, a normal load? I think it would be a little ridiculous. You're on TV. Or at least space radio, I assume. He's <laughs> <laughs> on space radio. Yeah. Whoever the character in fiction is that does those welcome to the Procyon sector uh, announcements at the start of each episode. He's commentating? Yeah, he is there. (laughs) Exactly. So we've got the race on in the radio, on the radio, so that we can hear to make sure nothing weird's going on there. I have a communicator. I I would assume all of us do. So I figured we all have communicators. No, but we're definitely playing the radio. What, What if you don't, like... 
you know, the commentator starts saying something crazy that you're not aware of about that he sees from a different perspective on the race. I got you. Like I got you. the guy coming up behind you, uh, like with, you know, ready to crash a deer or something. I like I to know. think you guys have like one of those little TVs they, they put in cars. Yeah, just like a little, <laughs> just like a little, little floating like robot that has like the little TV on it. <laughs> you guys are it's doing got an this. antenna though, so that we have oh, to yeah. adjust in order to get good signal. Okay, so I think I have a heavy load. I guess I should probably have a normal load. It only makes sense. And Cypher, you said you were gonna stick with light load. Guess I'm gonna have a light load again. What a freaking nerd! Look, that's what you get for being on TV. <laughs> I know it's awesome. <laughs> this is like i have to waste one of my three items on a communicator right away you know now it's like i have two items to use on this race that's it what if i lose guys I'm don't fucked. lose i dude. put all my money on this race <laughs> more than all your money you went into debt for this man you <laughs> did We'll we'll get to you. We'll get to you. Don't worry. So, are we in our ship? Like, what's the deal here? Like, I don't understand. Like, how did we descend into this like area? You guys might have your um your land vehicle if you want your two seater that you have. Um, I think like the streets that you would need to go down to to descend into this subterranean hangar might be a little too narrow for the Phoenix Thirteen. Plus, you don't have your pilot. Like, come on. Yeah. No. Well, you know, look, that wouldn't stop crash. That's true. <laughs> You know, especially with you doing a big race like that, he'd be like, well, if he's too busy to pilot us. Don't don't mind if I do. <laughs> All right, Crash, what's your crazy plan? What are you doing to this guard? Crash is going to walk up to the guard and say, hey, hey, I have a qu- question. Can you help me with something? Uh, the guard, like, takes an earbud out um, and uh, you might be able to hear the, the noise kind of squeaking out of it. Uh, very clearly listening to that space radio report of the race while he's on duty. Oh, are you listening to the race, too? Uh, what's up? Hey, man. What, what's up? What do you need? We're a little lost over here. I was wondering, and uh, I'm going to pull out a map and uh, start sh- just of uh, the area. I'm like, uh, we're trying to get to the, um, you know, the Memorial Park. Could you? And then as I start explaining this to him, I would just like to pull a stun baton out from behind my back and uh, attempt to stun him. Okay, yeah, this is definitely going to require some kind of roll. Um, <laughs> yeah. I might have let it slide if we were just going to stick straight, you know, with straight role play there. But uh, when the stun baton comes out, that means I'm going to ask you for a roll. That's fine. Uh, I would like to engage my ability shoot first. Oh, okay. Tell me about this. When I attack from hiding or spring a trap, take 1D... Uh, when there's a question about who acts first, the answer is me. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that definitely applies. You'll get plus one one die uh, on this roll. What action skill are you going to use? Oh, that's a good question. I think Skulk makes the most sense. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, so go ahead. You can make that Skulk roll. You can get a bonus die. You are in a controlled position, and I think... This particular plan can have great effect. All right. So, oh, God. Ooh. I rolled two threes. 
two threes, we take the highest result, uh, which in this case is, is a three. But the good news is on a controlled roll, not the worst possible thing that could happen in this game. Get those bad rolls out early. On a three, you're blocked or you falter. Press on by seizing a risky opportunity. So basically move from a controlled position to a risky position or withdraw and try a different approach. So you might be so sneaky in this moment that if you want... This guard doesn't really even realize that you go for the baton where you have enough time to realize that it's not going to work to pull back before he even realizes what's going on. All right. But you won't be able to try that kind of approach again. You pull your baton out. It doesn't turn on. You're just like messing with it behind his back as he's telling you. And you're just like, fuck, put it back. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so I realize that my stun baton won't turn on for some reason right now. I have to, the, the maybe I put the batteries in backwards or something. So I'll uh, just quick slip that back into uh, my, uh, my pocket there uh, while I'm talking to this guy. Yeah, there seems to be some kind of traffic blockage because of the race over there, though. Uh, when he points out some area where we can go, like, so we're gonna have to somehow get around. And then I'm going to look over to Gorpheus and, like, kind of give him the eyes and, like, wave my stun baton behind my back a little bit and point out that it's not turning on. <laughs> so tell you what, Zach, I am going to start a clock here that is just going to be a uh, guard suspicion. This sounds perfect. I'm going to call this a four-segment clock. I'm not going to mark any of those segments full right now. Just, it's a clock that exists. Perfect. Gorpheus approaches. Gorpheus, you approach and you have a heavy load. You are clearly, like, not just a civilian walking around. Uh, As you approach, this guy just, you know, extends a hand outward, like, uh, in a halting position and puts his hand now, like, is just fully on his stun baton. Uh, and says, uh, hold on, hold on, uh, hold, hold on, what's... No need for violence, gentlemen. I'm, I'm just gonna, can I ask you both to take a step back? Just take a step back, please, and I'll be happy to help you out however I can. This is private property, I'm gonna have to ask you both to, to take a step back. My good man, have you heard of the new way? Let me tell you. See, do you ever feel like you are, uh, feel a deep connection with the, with the greater cosmos, with uh, all the people that you know. Do you ever feel like you're playing an extended game of hide-and-seek where you are trying to find yourself but not find yourself? Sir, uh, no soliciting. Uh, thank you for your time. I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'm, this is private I'm, property. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid um, I, I'm not interested in... Whatever mystical bullshit you're you're talking about. Oh, all right. Sorry, I, I mean, look, I've got I a, just, I've got a look. I've got a job to do here. Well, I I have stuff to do too. I I just can we, you know. I mean, I think this is important. I'm gonna save your well concept of, you know, uh, ego and reality. That that's my goal here. I want to help you. So, Gorpheus, I would like some kind of role from you to try and. 
you know, what what, do you, what are you trying to accomplish here? <laughs> Let me ask you that. I, ultimately, I would really like to convert him. Um, so I want to try to make a sway roll. Uh, it's clearly not going very well. You want to make a sway roll to convert this random guard to your mystical religion? Absolutely. Did you walk up to this man decked out like you're going to <laughs> war to, and just start <laughs> preaching about uh your non-violent religion yeah <laughs> it's wild that gorvius picks heavy load every time what i would love from you in this moment uh you said you wanted to roll sway right yes make a sway roll with a risky position and limited effect uh i rolled a five a five uh so you do it but there's a consequence you suffer harm a complication occurs you have reduced effect you end up in a desperate position you're not gonna convert this guy in you know a couple minutes of talking while he's on the job protecting a a hidden a hidden hangar full of valuables but you are able to distract him a little bit there's a con- the consequence here is I'm going to tick one of those four segments off of guard suspicion uh, as you basically get him in in a feedback loop of like, sir, sir, please, please, sir. No, you don't understand. <laughs> and as you were doing that, Bobby O kind of like slinks by and starts going to work on that card reader, that panel that is on the side of the wall to open up this vault. From here, I would love to jump over to Cypher and Choss. Let's go. Like I said, Cypher, you are neck and neck with Choss through the beginning of this race. He is glancing over his shoulder at you, smirking, smiling, giving you a thumbs up uh, through different turns, clearly just taunting you. But you are you're keeping up with him. How this is going to work for you is I'm going to start two clocks. Both are eight segments. One is going to be Cypher's progress. And the other is going to be called uh, Choss's Progress. Like I said, both eight segments. This is going to represent your position in the race. Whichever one of you fills up your clock first wins. Okay, and these are both starting with zero filled in? They're going to both start with zero filled in. That said... As you like round a corner through like the first quarter of this race where you have been neck and neck, Choss just looks over at you as he goes onto a straightaway, nods, flicks a nozzle uh, on his hover bike, and his the, the engine just like flares, right? It just and he just starts taking off full speed ahead. I would love to clarify what kind of vehicle you are on here, Cypher. You have your own hover bike, the one that was damaged by the Grand Fariniki. You also have a vehicle provided to you by your contacts with Conclave Zero One, who said they would sponsor you. In the moments before the race began, you would have time to evaluate and look over these two vehicles. 
the one that is yours is just a kind of a better vehicle overall, but it's been damaged. So it is going to be faster, but a little bit harder to control and maneuver. The vehicle provided by Conclave 01 is going to be slower, but easier to control and maneuver. Which of those two vehicles do you think you would have taken into the race? I know which one he would have taken. I'm so this is a race to determine who is the greatest racer in the galaxy. Which one <laughs> do you think I'm taking? All risk, hopefully reward. I was going to say all risk, no reward, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my bike, which I I mean Cypher's been waiting for this straight away too. Cypher has modded this bike for y- the years that they've owned it, so I'm going to flick my Nas switch and hope to keep up with this guy, which I feel like would be a rig roll. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, you are still in a controlled position. And because Choss's vehicle is just a nicer, better, faster model than even your vehicle would have been if it was not damaged, you are going to have reduced effect in any kind of direct competitive roles, basically. Does that make sense? Okay. You have to be creative. That is going to be a controlled position standard effect role because you're on the straightaway you have the opportunity to pull ahead, but his vehicle is just better than yours. You gotta get into slipstream. Take advantage of him. There's a five. A five. That means on a controlled roll, you hesitate, withdraw and try a different approach, or else do it with a minor consequence. A minor complication occurs, you have reduced effect, you suffer lesser harm, you end up in a risky position. So you can either do something other than a rig roll and maybe see if you can get a better result or you accept that, but you have a a consequence. What is this? What is this area of the track look like right now? So like I said, this is a straightaway. It is flat ground level or strip of road with limited traffic going down either side. There is still traffic. This is still a street race with people driving to and fro on their hover bikes, on their hover cars. But in this particular stretch of road, it is about as open and straight as you can get. I think at this point in the race, Cypher knows they're not going to be able to just win off of straight speed. This is a a straightaway where they're going to lose a lot of ground. So they press on their NOS just enough to catch up to try and send out a hacking signal to screw with Choss's controls to slow Choss down. Okay, so it sounds like you're withdrawing and trying a different approach on this. Is that right? Yes. Okay, great. So uh, you're going to need to make uh, an action roll other than a rig. So what uh, action roll would you like to use on this? I'm going to try and hack to get into his controls a little bit, like mess with him to slow him down rather than speed me up right now. You can absolutely do that. I would like you to mark some kind of equipment to do this with. But go ahead, and that means you're at two load already, right? I mean, hacking tools, I feel like, is a useful thing for me to have on this uh, 
No, sh- sh- definitely. Just uh, be careful about, you know, whatever else equipment you might want. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what other equipment uh, <laughs> I will have to use. <laughs> and then I'm done. Give me your role uh, with uh, same the same thing. Uh, controlled standard. That is a six. That is a six, which means you do it. You realize your NOS, your vehicle itself, is not going to be quite enough. You realize you might have to play a little dirty. You hit the nitrous just enough to get behind him by the narrowest of margins and you start to hack and <laughs> you're you're doing it with like one hand the other hand on your your handlebars and it, it's this manic madcap scene as you're typing away on your little module and it is enough and you see Choss's vehicle start to stutter and stall, and you are able to pull ahead. I am going to mark off one progress for Cypher and none for Choss in this moment. As you just hear his voice in your communication systems, Cypher, and says, Oh, yeah, we playing dirty now? Oh, then we're going to play real dirty, Cypher. (laughs) You are the greatest fraud in the universe, and soon all will know. No, Cypher, that would be you. I am the greatest pilot in the galaxy, yeah? (laughs) We'll see about that. Look who's in the head. And so you pull away on the straightaway cipher and you pull into the next turn, Choss now on your heels, and you see up ahead traffic starting to slow down to a crawl, a traffic jam up ahead as you see large construction vehicles like a floating backhoe and uh, drill bots that are tearing up the street in front of you. And we will come back to you in just a moment. I want to go back over to the guard Crash and Gorpheus and Bobbio. Bobbio slinks by, like I said. He starts to go to work uh, as this wizard hacker on the system to try and get you guys into the Echo Wave Riders hangar. But this guard is getting a little bit more suspicious. Gorpheus, you, you realize you're kind of coming to the end of your usefulness on... Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> end of sentence. You're coming to the end of your usefulness. Uh, <laughs> your your distraction of trying to do your new way spiel is getting limited returns right now. What are you guys going to try and do to give Bobbio a little bit of time to get the door open? I'm sorry, I didn't want to do this. Real quick, Gorpheus, do you have a stun baton on you? Uh, yeah, obviously. Okay. I'm going to just quickly grab Gorpheus' stun baton off his belt and turn it on and throw it at the guy's face. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, give me an action roll. What do you think you want to use on this? I would say that one's a scrap, you know? I'm I'm throwing a stun baton at a dude's face. Sure. 
Uh, so go ahead and make your scrap roll. You are in a risky standard position. Oh my gosh. Well, I rolled a four. So with a four, you do it, but there's a consequence. And what that means here is that, so you take the baton, you throw it, you get him in the face. It's kind of a glancing blow. You don't fully incapacitate him in this moment. I'm going to change that guard suspicion clock to uh, just a bypassing the guard clock, keeping it four segments. I'm going to click one more on here. So now you're halfway past this. But the guard is going to pull out his stun baton as he recoils from being hit in the face and is going to just start like swinging it wildly around. Uh, And you're able to like jump back as he's doing this to avoid being struck. But I am going to put you now to a desperate position. Gorpheus wants to use his psychic powers to lift the stun baton and pull it towards himself, striking the guard in the back. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, give me an action roll, Gorpheus. Okay, I am going to make an attune check. I'm going to use my magic, so I'm going to stress myself out to do this. Okay, so you can take a stress to get an extra die on this. You'll make an attune check. This will be a desperate standard. Would you like an extra die for a devil's bargain? Here's my bargain for you. There happens to be a camera in the alleyway that is facing in your direction. And it's just kind of like slowly scanning, turning back and forth. But in this moment, it happens to catch you doing this to the guard. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of extra heat at the end of this job, but I'll give you an extra die on this roll. Yeah, absolutely. That seems fun. <laughs> okay, so give yourself an uh, another extra die. Okay, I rolled a six. Boom. A six. Just one six? Uh, yeah, just one six. Damn. Yeah, so that's not a critical, but that is a normal success, which means that you do it. You are able to use your magnetic power to, like, force him to move the baton behind his own back and jab it upwards. And he goes, you know, as like a cartoon, you can see his skeleton for a moment uh, as he gets electrified. That will be one more tick on the bypassing the guard clock. He's eventually able to wretch it free, uh, but he's looking pretty close to being incapacitated as you hear Bobby O shout, I got it! I got it, boys! Uh, As uh, he removes his hacking deck from the panel and you see that large vault door begin to open. The guard looks over his shoulder. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! And he's gonna look back to the two of you and keep swinging that baton. Look, we didn't want to do this, okay? I'm sorry. This was supposed to be a religious intervention. Captain Crash, what are we going to do? I'm just going to attempt to knock him out, finally. I think I think we both tackle him, and yeah. I want to just choke him out. Yeah, we just, two, <laughs> two of us just jump him. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think we're just going to tackle him, and I, I just want to try to choke him out with my ex-military training. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like one of you will need to make an action roll. The other one can take uh, a stress to give a bonus die to the other. Yeah, I'll take a stress. I'll roll a, uh, a scrap roll. Uh, desperate? No, the, you're back up to risky now, uh, since this guy is so close to being incapacitated. And standard effect, right? Yeah, standard effect. One? Oh, no. <laughs> and I rolled another one. Did you not put in the bonus die from the help? Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay, yeah, well, you get one more dice then. Hey, we got this. So first, roll on this dice, guys. It was a six. Yes. Amazing. Six. Awesome. The two of you almost feel like things go really bad for you, uh, but you're both able to dive on this guard. Uh, and Gorpheus, like you said, you just choke him out do you use one of your big hands or do you use your little hand the little hand just covers the mouth i'm primarily using my larger hands to to do the chokehold but i do use my little hand to kind of plug his nose up (laughs) (laughs) fantastic so yeah and after a moment This guard is fully unconscious. You have bypassed him. The three of you, Crash, Gorpheus, and Bobby-O, are able to head into this now open hangar bay. We're going to jump back over to Cypher and Choss. Cypher, you have taken a momentary lead in this race, but you now see this horrible congestion on the road and this construction going on in front of you. What is your approach here going to be? As the camera zooms in on Cypher's eye sensors, you see a small flashback to cypher's training as they refer to it uh in the woods racing against the grand Fariniki. and they remember you know seeing these downed trees and riding up them and cypher is going to use what they've learned and find the closest thing they can to a ramp and jump over some of this congestion so they can get on top of the cars uh wonderful what kind of action role would you like to do with that scramble okay this will be a scramble role i think because of this congestion and construction here i'm gonna move you from controlled to risky because you don't have quite the space to maneuver so make a risky roll standard effect how many uh, Team Gambits do we have for this mission? That is a great question. You as a crew always start with one because you are a crew of bounty hunters. And you also gain one every time you get a six or a crit on a risky roll, which Dom just did as Gorpheus. So that would give you another one. I also got a six on a desperate roll. I don't know if that... That does not count. Get out of here. That seems crazy. To it's me, but. very specifically just on a risky roll. Okay. Interesting. One one might argue that that implies that a worse than risky roll you would also get it, but I am choosing to be literal <laughs> with the text. To be fair, you do get uh 
like your level up points for rolling. No, you're yeah, right. That's you're true. Right. Desperate situations. So I believe you got a resolve for that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Dom, make sure that you are marking a resolve uh, XP for getting a six on that desperate uh, tune roll. I feel so cool. And you said it would be a standard effect, extreme effect, standard, standard. Could have been great, but uh, your 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 car sucks. So. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Faranik. Your fault. I mean, yeah, it is your fault. My captain didn't buy good equipment. We spent it on other stuff. <laughs> Would you like to push yourself, ask for a devil's bargain? You're not really in a position where uh, the other guys can aid you, unfortunately. How many stress is it to push myself? To push yourself, it's two. For one die? Yeah, for one die. If I push myself, can I make it a great effect instead of standard? Yes, yes, you can push yourself for improved effect. So if you don't want to take that uh, extra die, but move yourself from standard to great effect, you can absolutely do that. I'm going to try that. I like it. And then I'm going to take a gambit from the crew. Okay, a gambit is spent, bringing you down to one. That'll be a bonus die for you then. So uh, how many dice does that bring you to? I believe two. Two, okay, give me your roll. That's a five. All right. That is a five. You do it, but there's a consequence. I think what the consequence here is... (laughs) So first off, you do it, right? You're going to destroy my bike immediately. (laughs) Not not yet. You destroyed my bike and gave me a wonky leg in one roll last mission. Uh, Yeah, because you rolled like super bad. (laughs) So first off, you do it. You get another mark on your clock, bringing you up to two out of eight. I'm also going to automatically move Choss's progress up by one after like every two sequences, regardless of your roll. I think you're going to maintain your lead here for a little bit. But as you are going through, you're scrambling through the, the traffic, the construction these swinging vehicles that are that are tearing up the road you know jumping over the divots and the potholes you look over your shoulder and you see choss flick a couple switches on his hover bike these two mechanical pieces detach from his vehicle and start flying towards you and you realize they're little like Urbot drones that have small little turrets on them that start blasting towards you. Just beep, 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 oh, beep, 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 beep. And I am going to put you in a desperate position now as you hear Choss again over the radio say, I told you I was going to play Dirty Cypher. <laughs> Funny, you Urbot can't even beat humans at that. <laughs> Funny is that you did not think that you could beat me without using some Urbots of your own. I choose to ignore the irony of that. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> 
as these little Urbot drones are just shooting these laser blasts, pew, 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 pew right at your tail. You pull ahead uh, out of this construction zone, Cypher, and you see that the the route that you have like hollow projected so that you know that you're going in the right direction for the race. Yeah, it's in the corner of my screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You see that it's telling you to do a extremely sharp turn uh, down a very narrow alleyway. This is where the best show that they're the best. Cypher's going to go into it as fast as they can and do like a barrel roll to like create the perfect turn. I'm going to try a home roll here to just destroy this turn and leave Choss in my dust. So that is going to be a desperate roll because of how sharp this hairpin turn is. It's going to have limited effect. Like you need to slow down a little bit in order to get this right. And that's going to mean you're giving Choss more of a chance to catch up in this moment. That is a five. A five, that is a desperate roll, so make sure you're marking your prowess XP. You do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm, or a serious complication occurs. I'm going to give you a choice here, Nate. Those turrets, those drones that are firing away at you, are they going to hit your vehicle, or are they going to hit your injured leg? Fuck you. Um, I'm going to try and resist consequence no matter what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hit my leg and I'm going to resist it, baby, because I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can resist a consequence by rolling insight, prowess, or resolve. This is definitely a prowess resistance. So you are going to roll your prowess. Okay, because of my starting ability, Ace Pilot, I have potency on all speed-related rolls. Uh, when I roll to resist the consequences of piloting, gain plus one dice. Okay, yeah, that definitely applies to this. So give yourself a bonus die on this. Let's see, double sixes, that's a four. Oh, a four. So you are going to suffer six stress minus the highest result. So you're going to take two stress. And that is going to reduce the severity of the consequence, not necessarily going to eliminate it entirely. So, Damn it. <laughs> so that is going to uh, basically take it from a severe consequence to a moderate consequence. So I think here is the drones are firing these lasers at you. Pew, pew, pew. They're getting right in towards your leg like they scan you they recognize that's your weak spot that's where you're injured and that's where they want to take you out it's some urbot on urbot violence they are firing away but you are able to time your hairpin turn to just the right moment slow down just enough that you are able to force them to recalculate their trajectory their triangulation you are actually able to turn in such a way that they don't hit your injured leg they hit your good leg so you are going to take a level one harm on your other leg that is going to be just superficial damage 
Like they just kind of scratch, not not nearly as bad as the Grand Fariniki got you. But that means <laughs> that both of your legs are injured, and because you have taken harm, you have to reset that healing clock. I know. <laughs> I'm never getting that healed. And so you maintain your lead, but you suffer this this minor harm uh, as you pull into that very narrow alleyway with those urbots still firing behind you and Choss on your tail, but you maintain the lead. Okay, so that's going to bring Cypher up to three ticks on the progress clock. Choss is still at one. You have gained... Uh, an even larger lead even with this damage that you've taken but you know Choss is a competitor he's not gonna stay that far behind you for long especially on his super tricked out bike and so now let's jump back over to Crash Gorpheus and Bobby O as they're walking through this fortified door that has been opened into this splendid vault Everything is shiny and chrome. As far as the eyes can see, you see vehicles, you know, hover bikes, uh, you know, reinforced like armored cars. There's like a, a single space helicopter looking thing up on a platform uh, high above you. But you also see that there are countless urbot drones that are flying to and fro sort of in a in a matrixing zigzagging pattern they don't seem immediately aware of you though but there are dozens of them uh captain what are we doing about the drones well Maybe, uh, well, uh, this would be really convenient if we had Cypher here. Uh, but no, we have Bobby O. Hey, Bobby, is there any way we can do something to help you maybe hack or make a like a EMP to turn off all the drones? Whoa, 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 whoa. First thing, as he takes out his like switchblade comb to comb back his receding hairline. God, he's so fucking <laughs> <laughs> first things first the name's bobby o not just bobby bobby sounds like a loser you think i'm a loser crash no you're definitely right bobby o that was completely disrespectful i honestly i would hate me too so let's <laughs> i promise i'll make it up to you later and I wake, like, just in a, you know... Sensual way? No. <laughs> Wait, are you hitting on <laughs> Well, with this many urbots flying around, maintaining this place, it looks like, and uh, probably protecting the merchandise, there's got to be a uh, central server that uh, keeps them all in line. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be a place we can find and... Uh, put the wrenches to or any kind of shrugs could just uh have some th- fun and uh blow all these things away boys what do you think 
Um, no, I, I think I think we're going to take the non-violent, destructive approach. Since we are such close friends with an robot, I don't really like the idea of making an exception like, oh, we could kill robots, they're just robots. It's like, well, you know. <laughs> well, they're, they're a little really... bit less herbody than him, though. You know, he's like one of the the real, you know, humidity herbots. No, I, I see what you're saying. I think it might be a little bit problematic. No, no, no. It's just, uh, you know, it would be really fun to blow off a little steam. Hey, Captain, I'm just, I'm going to say it. I think you're being a little bit problematic right now. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I think I I like Bobby O's first idea. I say we try to make a hack check to discombobulate Well, them. we need to find the central server. So, uh, are you good at uh, looking for things? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all right. Well, hey, look. Crash is going to first attempt to look to see if he can find a place that, like, uh, looking around where it would make sense for there to be, like, uh, a server room. Yeah, so so make an action roll for however you want to progress here and whatever you're trying to accomplish with whatever skill you want to use because that's how we play this game. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing that makes the most sense is a study check, right? How good is Crash at studying? Please tell me. He has zero. zero uh, yes, then study sounds perfect to me. So go ahead and make that study check. We'll call this, I, I think the punishment of having zero dice is enough. We're, we're going to call this risky standard, which is about as default of a difficulty rating as it can be. So you're welcome, Zach. Yep, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's that hard to look around and be like, well, that's an office area that looks like they might have some stuff in it. Bam. Unfortunately, with zero dice, Ooh. I uh, take the lower of my results, huh, when I roll two. Yep. Well, that was a three and a six, so it looks like we got a three. A three. Things go badly. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you end up in a desperate position, or you lose the opportunity. I think what happens... How badly could it go searching, looking for a room? <laughs> I think what happens here, Crash, is you clock, like, a number of Urbots coming out from, like, one specific location, where it, where it seems like that that is where the majority of them are maybe coming from. And so you think in that moment... That must be where their charging stations or their docking bays are. That that must be where you need to go to, to hack into this situation. And so you sneak through, and even when there are Urbots directly above you, they, they don't seem to be really reacting to your presence. So you... you cross over to that that area and you see there's a door in front of you and bobby o is able to beep, beep, boop, boop, hack open the door and whoosh, and it definitely opens up into an office you see that there is in fact a central server looking thing bobby o nods at you 
he walks across the room and he plugs his hacking device into it. And as he does, red lights go on throughout the entire facility. Alarms start going off. And that device that uh, Bobby O plugged into starts to rise up from the ground. And you realize it's not necessarily a central server, but a large, large robot that begins to activate. Glowing red lights scanning across the room before they land on the three of you. Intruders! Intruders! Vacate the premises at once! And we are going to end the episode there and pick up from that next time on Escape the Dungeon. What are you doing to us? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Nate. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media, go to escapethedungeonpod.com. <laughs>